Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. It is that time in the show, in the morning menu, proudly presented by the Market Diner on 2100 Park Street in Syracuse, New York, in the regional market, across from Destiny, USA, to bring you Fantasy Football Friday with Mike Sofka from Central Orlando and myself, Dan Tortora, here in Central New York. And Orlando and the state of Florida is the second home to me, so it only makes sense to find one of the best when it comes to fantasy football in Orlando and Central Florida. So it's with great pleasure that Mike Sofka and I bring you Fantasy Football Friday every single Friday broadcast of Wake Up Call with Dan Satora from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub, which is where we call home for fantasy football on 3680 Milton Avenue, in Camillus, New York, in the Home Depot Plaza. With that being said, Mike, how are we doing this morning? Batting down the hatches, getting ready for some wind and some wet. Are you staying? Are you gonna? Are you gonna stay in your home? I mean, what's what's the plan for you? Because I know you're you're down in Florida, bracing for Hurricane Irma. So, what's the plan? Well, you know, I'm not coastal, so that's good. I'm I'm in the center center part of the state i'm on high ground my house is on a hill and uh yeah we're just uh, got water and uh supplies and getting ready to ride the storm out so being in, in in the central part of the state what can you say about you know what that what that does for you because i know that some of my friends and my uh my two nieces with their parents they went up to orlando I have uh, other friends that are in Orlando or Mount Dora area and whatnot, and they're just kind of kind of stick in the middle of the state because they feel that, that that'll be safest. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Because, I mean, you're away from water, which is good, but what are your thoughts about, you know, why the middle of the state might be the place to be right now and, and why you're going to kind of hang out and batten down the hatches as opposed to get out of Dodge? You know, I'm not next to the ocean, so, you know, it, it, the biggest threat in a storm like this, like we've seen in New Orleans and Houston, is the storm surge. What happens is the, the wind and the amount of water and the volume starts coming inland, and, and that creates problems flooding a lot of Florida, like the Houston and New Orleans area are, are real close to sea level. So, you know, those areas are impacted right away. If you're in a coastal community, you've already been evacuated on either coast from Central Florida on down. Some are mandatory, some are not. But for the most part, we're all just preparing for the for the worst and hoping for the best. But being in the center part of the state kind of gives me a little cushion from, you know, some storm surge and kind of gives us, you know, uh, by the time the storm gets to us interior-wise, some of the winds have died down, so it's not as bad as those horrific pictures you've been seeing, you know, uh, in Houston the past week. But, you know, trust me, there's going to be some damage, there's going to be some power loss, there's going to be lines down, trees blown over, there's, you know, I don't think there'll be any fatalities in Central Florida, but, you know, from past experience and from being here in 04 through six weeks of, you know, hurricanes, uh, Charlie and uh, Francis, and I forget the other one, but um, you know it, it, it's not going to be easy. There, there may be communities without power for a while and so forth, but you know, thankfully, where I'm at is not nearly going to be as devastating as we've seen already this year. Yeah, and uh, and First Lady Dowles said, "God bless Flor- Florida," and I know that Juwan Dowles' family, including his mother, 
First Lady Dells. I know that they're they're down in the state of Florida. So to Juwan Dells' family, as well as uh, Steve Ishmael's, and, and so many from Syracuse, to give my best to each and every single one of the families that are down there. You know, Syracuse recruits the state of Florida very, very heavily. And in recruiting the state of Florida, you obviously have the loved ones of, of the players that are on the team down in Florida right now. So I want to send my best to everybody that's down there. Like I said, Steve Ishmael's family in Miami, uh, Juwan Dowles from Sunrise, Florida, as well as Devon Clark from Kissimmee, Florida, and Rex Culpepper and Scoop Bradshaw from Tampa, Florida, as well as Cordell Hudson from Largo. And, you know, the list goes on and on. Markenzie Pierre is, is from Orlando area. Nadarius Fagan is from Goulds. Florida, Valrico, Florida for Sterling Hoffrichter. And, you know, and I want to make sure I get to everybody here. Kenneth Ruff from Louder Hill, Florida, as well as I'm looking for looking for my guy Aaron Hackett because I know he's from down there as well. Coral Springs, Florida for, for uh, Colin Byrne, as well as Sean Avant from Miramar, Florida. Delray Beach, Florida for Adley Anoisi. And Aaron Hackett from Venice, Florida, and uh, Miramar, Florida for McKinley Williams as well. So to everybody in the state of Florida and to all the families of the Syracuse players and all the families in general, you know, as First Lady Dallas said, God bless Florida. We send our peace. We send our prayers. We hope that God will send these things back into the water and have them have a peaceful peaceful uh, demise in the water. I, I, just, I, I just hope that these things disappear. I really do. I hope that they go away. And uh, Johnny said to my family and everyone else, be safe and God bless. We have a lot of connections in Florida. And uh, and Mike, you know, Mike and not only you, Mike, but uh, but Trey and Lisa, you know, we obviously send our love and our prayers and our best to you as well. Awesome. Well, let's hope for the best here. So, see, Mike, Mike, is, Mike is short and sweet when it comes to that. We get emotional on the show. Mike's like, let's talk football. I don't want to talk about this. Let's talk some damn football. So, so well, whatever, Mike. You know, we love you, and you're going to have to deal with it. So the Kansas City Chiefs faced off against the New England Patriots in the first game of the season, which was last night, Thursday night. It was on NBC, and it was a great game. I tuned in later on because I had an event last night. So I watched what I consider to be some of the best football, which was in the second half of the game. And uh, the Kansas City Chiefs were up 28-27 to with 12-20 or 12-21 left in the fourth quarter. That's when I started watching this game and watched it all the way through. Uh, they were up 28-27. They won 42-27. to And uh, First Lady Dow said thank you, and we truly need all prayers anytime. I-, I said that you should play going into this game. I suggested people played Kareem Hunt who had three touchdowns in the game, 98 yards receiving, 148 yards on 17 carries, which was 8.7 yards a carry. So I suggested I su- suggested people played Kareem Hunt as well as Tyreek Hill, who had 133 yards to lead the receiving core, and he had a touchdown. He was followed by Kareem Hunt. Uh, Travis Kelsey was another guy I said to put out there. He got you 40 yards, did not score in the game. On the other side, I suggested that you take a close eye to New England's rushing game. And I drafted Mike Gillisley, who is the fourth player in the running game on the depth chart on multiple websites that were not my website when it came to the New England Patriots. And Mike Gillisley came out with 
three touchdowns, even though he only had 45 yards on the ground. So, first and foremost, Mike, I want to start with Mike Gillisley. And I believed in the guy. I did my research. I put him pretty high on my running back rankings. I drafted him when he was available to me where I wanted to get him. And he came out with a debut former Bill, now a Patriot, doing what the Patriots do, which is take AFC East rivals and make them pay for letting go of a player. What do you think about Mike Gillisley's three-touchdown performance? I believed that he was going to go out there and put some work in this year, but this was a, a pretty pretty hefty way, fantasy-wise, to debut as a New England Patriot. Well, if you're watching this, you know, if you watched this game last night, Everybody's going to run out and jump on Gillisley, and that's and that's a great thing. He's going to be the Legarrette Blunt of this year's New England Patriots. He's going to get the goal line touches. They put in a special package there with Devlin, the fullback, every time and he clears the way or kicks out the hole, and and Gillisley makes a good cutback, which is something he's been doing since he was at the Land High School here in Florida and playing for the Florida Gators. Now he tried to get on the field in Miami and couldn't. And in Buffalo, I don't know what the problem was. I know they have LaShawn McCoy, but this is a guy who's always averaged like 5.5 yards a carry. You know, and it, granted, the, the sample size is small, only like 100 carries, but it wasn't 20 carries. This is a guy who has the ability, and this is what New England does so well. They find guys that are capable but may not be getting the opportunity elsewhere. They've, they've made acquisitions and trades for special team players. They break down the analysis that much. But this is a guy who's definitely going to get the goal line touches. It looked like yesterday going into the game, there was a lot of steam coming from uh, uh, Rex Burkhead, and there was uh, he was the most... Uh, he was the player most picked up in the last several days on just about any site. You know, he was he was flying off the free agent wire, which is where he was most of the time. Some teams drafted him, and it looked like they were trying to force-feed the Burkhead situation early, and I was thinking, wow, Burkhead might be the guy. Then you got White come in, and, and, and all he does is catch the ball and start running the ball well. And then around the goal line, Gillespie's getting all the touches. So it depends on your scoring system. I think if you're in a PPR league, you're going to jump on White and maybe Burkhead. I think the Burkhead thing might be the better situation in the long term. But you can't argue with what uh, James White did last year in the Super Bowl, and then he picked up right where he left off. But, uh, yeah, if you're in a touchdown-only league, Gillespie's the guy. If you're in a combo league or a PPR league that rewards yardage, you definitely want to look at White and or Burkhead. Now, when I talk about those guys, I'm not saying they're RB1s for your team. I'm saying these are guys that are nice to have to fill in some spots to maybe, you know, replace an injured player or cover you for a bye week. And, you know, Brandon Cooks, he had 88 yards in his in his debut as a New England Patriot. Rob Gronkowski was extremely quiet in this game. Two catches for 33 yards. He was targeted six times, only caught two of them. Danny Amendola, 100 yards, six catches on seven targets, was the best news that they had. I mean, you look at the New England Patriots, and like Mike was just discussing fantasy-wise, you know, Chris Hogan, who's a wide receiver, he ran the ball. Burkhead ran the ball. White ran the ball. Gillisley ran the ball. And Deion Lewis ran the ball. So they amounted 124 yards on 35 carries. But you look at what they allowed. This Patriots defense, you know, they always seem to get by. They always seem to find a way to just squeak by and get a W, even though their defense is really... Not that great, and I I don't think that their defense has been a top defense 
for the last few years, definitely, yet they find ways to win games. In this one, 27 carries, 185 yards. Kansas City was doing whatever they wanted to do rushing-wise. They throw in Kareem Hunt. He breaks out a huge run late in the fourth quarter, and then they give the ball to Sharkandrick West, who only had one carry in the game, and just cut inside and went off of the center, and the right guard went right through there and had a 21-yard touchdown run, 368 yards receiving for the team, and Alex Smith went 28 of 35, which means he only had seven incompletions in the game, 368 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, and for Kansas City's defense, they sacked Tom Brady three times, and they almost forced a safety late in the game, so, you know, this is not one of those, oh, you know, the because when the Patriots lose, People tend to say, well, it's because the Patriots beat themselves and the Patriots made mistakes and the Patriots did this and the Patriots. This was a game where Kansas City came ready to play. They attacked. They did not turn the ball over. They pushed every single play. When they were up by a point, they played like they were down by 14. Alex Smith played almost completely mistake-free in the entire game. Kareem Hunt did what people were hoping he would do. Tyreek Hill did what people were hoping he would do, and this team showed that defensively they can attack. I mean, you got you. We can't underplay how strong this defense was in sacking Tom Brady because we know that the porcelain doll of Tom Brady doesn't like his face being touched, and his face was touched a lot in this game. So you know, I think we got to give a lot of credit to Kansas City, and I think it makes their defense and special teams somewhat desirable for fantasy if they're still out there for you. And I think it makes Alex Smith, who in a lot of my drafts was left in free agency, I think it you know makes some people maybe make a decision to kind of squeak him onto their roster. What do you think? Yeah, I think Alex Smith would be a nice addition. I wouldn't count on that week in, week out. I mean, if I, if I marked out the names on the stat line for the passing stats for the game last night and showed you just the stat lines with no names, you would think those names were reversed. You would think it was Brady that had 368 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, he, he, speed kills. I mean, we talked about this, you know, weeks before and time and time again. Speed kills. And when Tyreek Hill is able to rip off a 75-yard reception, when Kareem Hunt is able to rip off a 78-yard reception, and when Kareem Hunt is able to run the ball on a 58-yard long, I mean, what are you doing? I they got problems on defense in, in, in New England is the problem. You know, they they may lose their edge rusher for a little bit. Dante, uh, uh, Dante Hightower looks like a guy who is critical for their defense, and he's got a problem with the knee. Now, I don't know what after effects there's going to be. You know, normally New England is a next-man-up team, a plug-and-play team, but you could tell that was not something they game-planned for, and you could tell that's something that, you know, they're not ready to deal with right now. Without an edge rusher in the NFL, you're in trouble. Without the ability to pressure the quarterback, you're in trouble. The whole idea and the reason why you win games and the reason why New England lost the game last night is their inability to protect Tom Brady effectively. They got pressure from Kansas City. And the reason why Alex Smith in Kansas City did so well is New England had trouble putting pressure on a quarterback. That's pretty much the formula for last night's game. Kareem Hunt, though, you and I were both high on him and both believed that he could be something special. When Spencer Ware went down at the end of August, you know, in the middle of the drafts that we did at the Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, there was this 
there, you know, all of a sudden this, this, oh, I can go steal Kareem Hunt in the 13th round became, oh yeah, people are going to take him in like the fourth round. So people got really, really high on rookie out of Toledo, Kareem Hunt running back for Kansas City. I would say that this is one of the finest debuts that we have seen, and he's put Delvin Cook and Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey on alert because this is one hell of a performance to come out with. Three touchdowns, and he had two as far as receptions, and and obviously Kareem Hunt had one on the ground, and we look at the yards that he was able to get. He had 246 yards from scrimmage, so... I mean, this. I, all I can say is I had Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt in the Florida League that Mike Sofka and I both play in, and I think I went into the night up fifty-seven to six, or something, almost sixty points to six. So you know, th- these guys had a great game, but is Kareem Hunt? I mean, I know it's just one game, but what did you see out of Kareem Hunt? We were high on him, you and I. What did you see from him coming out of Week One? Well, two things. One. Tell me your heart didn't stop a little when he went out there on that first carry and fumbled the ball. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> don't, tell, don't tell me I missed on this guy. Oh, no. Yeah. And then sure enough, you know, even on the sideline, his demeanor, people were trying to make sure he was in check. And it looked like he was almost annoyed by that to a fault. This is a kid who's never fumbled in college, even at Toledo. And this is a, a guy who... They're going to find ways. Andy Reid is great at taking the talent he has and formulating the offense, plug in, and maximize people's talents. We've said it before. You don't put your offensive tackle out there to kick a field goal, and you don't put your kicker out there to hike the ball. It is what it is. Guys have certain skill sets. He does, he, meaning Andy Reid, puts guys in a position to be successful by identifying their specific skill set and making sure they're plugged into the offense where he can maximize their potential. This is a guy, Kareem Hunt. If you can get him the ball in space, you're done. This is a guy. This is a guy in Tyree Kill that can run the ball. He's a running back converted to a receiver, and he just faked a couple times. He faked McCourty right out of his shoes on one long play. So, you know, I like what Andy Reid's doing with this talent, and Kareem Hunt is something special. He's got Tyree Kill as another weapon, and one in the running back and one in the receiver role. You got to kind of decide which one. You know, it's almost like back in the day watching basketball when Michael Jordan used to play. You know, the defense for Chicago, you know, if you're playing Chicago, the defense turned into, well, we know Jordan's going to score 40. We know Jordan's going to score 30. Let's not let Pippen beat us. If Michael beats us, that's Michael. But let's stop everybody else. So they're going to have to make a choice who they're going to want to get beat by or who they're going to allow to get the touches and the looks and cover the other guy because you can't double cover two guys. You're going to run out of players. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Tyreek Hill makes people miss. I mean, there was one of the the punt return that, that he had later on in the fourth quarter where you see him. I mean, first of all, you're like, I can't believe that he caught this ball because he's in traffic. He kind of got butt. It looked like he got hit a little bit. He catches this ball. There's stuff going on around him. He goes forward. He cuts back. He goes around. He cuts in. And maybe it's only five yards, but this man can move and he positions his team in good places. He, I mean, Tyreek Hill is that guy that you look at on the field and you just kind of shake your head in amazement. And then you have somebody like Kareem Hunt. So this puts this puts the Kansas City Chiefs in a good positioning coming out of week one. It definitely makes me feel good about Tyreek Hill as well as Kareem Hunt. 
But, you know, again, it is week one, so I'm not trying to make people go crazy here. But it was a beautiful week one, if I do say so myself. Mike, you and I have to discuss what's going on for the rest of this. we got to get people prepared for fantasy football in week one in general. But we can't do that before we hear a special message from President Trump and everybody else in the fast break. We'll be back in just a moment. This is a wake-up call fast break. Okay, if you want to be a winner, okay, and who would want to be a loser? Not me. I always win. One every time. One when I came out of my mother's womb to where I am today. I never lose, ever. And one of the reasons why is because I go to Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com for all my fantasy football advice. I go to Mike Safka, Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. Great guy. Get in touch. Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. You heard it right here. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. We are here inside of Fantasy Football Advice with my guy Mike Sofka and myself, Dan Tortora. We just discussed Kansas City and the New England Patriots going up against each other. I picked Kansas City to win that game, and uh, and I, you know what? And I was like, always trust your gut. Because something, I was like, I want to pick Kansas City. I'm like, no, I should pick the Patriots. They always find a way to win. But you know what? My initial reaction was Kansas City. And they went out there and they were just good. And, you know, Mike and I were talking a little bit off the air. And uh, fantasy football advice proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub, 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, in the Home Depot Plaza. That's where you should be watching every single NFL game this season. And you should be going all throughout the week because the food is awesome. And if you're in the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge, you got a VIP card, so you get a special promo, and you get money off every time you eat at the Wildcat, whether it's dine-in or takeout. Uh, Mike and I were discussing off the air that in, in our league down in Florida, I drafted I drafted four running backs in a row. I don't know if I've ever done this, but I had a strategy, and I had a mentality, and I was riding my high of being at Animal Kingdom and Magic Kingdom. So when you are in a place where happiness exists and, and just breeds more happiness, I think, I think I should always draft when I'm in the parking lot in between Animal Kingdom and Magic Kingdom or when I'm down in Florida in general. I got LaShawn McCoy, Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt, 
and Christian McCaffrey, like boom, 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 still ended up with Tyreek Hill, Emmanuel Sanders at wide receiver, Adam Thielen of Minnesota, and and I also still got Samaje Perrine, I got Latavius Murray, and I got Phillip Rivers who was sitting there for me, and I got Derek Carr. So you know, Mike, I think I think I I think I did pretty well in there because I was I was seven out of twelve. So when you're smack dab in the middle of a league where we've been together for almost a decade, so people are very smart and keen to this. I have to say, Mike, I think this might be the best of eight years for me. Well, well, it may be the best of eight years for you. I got to remind you of one little part of the Walt Disney World Magic Kingdom. That's called Fantasyland. Is where you're living right now. You're dreaming. <laughs> one game into the season. We're not even one week into the season. I'm saying and, I and feel like so I drafted crazy. well. I drafted well is what I'm you saying. Did. You, you did a good job. Here's a cookie. Go sit in the corner. <laughs> oh, Mike. What am I going to do with this guy? So, I yeah, listen, I did what I wanted to do, and we did a show on strategizing. I stuck to my strategy. So, I'm doing, I, I feel good about it, and we're going to move forward in this. Mike and I, as you know, in Fantasy Football Friday, every week, we do every single game. Now, Tampa and Miami is postponed until week 11, so you will not hear us discuss Tampa and Miami. You will hear us send prayers down to Tampa and Miami and to all their loved ones and everybody connected and to all the fans to please be safe. Cause I know if this game was on fans would have shown up in 185 mile per hour wins. So <laughs> kudos to Miami for saying, yeah, we're not going to do that right now. So God bless to them both and my best to them. And I know Mike sends his best. We're going to go down the line here in the games that are coming up Sunday, September 10th. We're going to start with one o'clock and go all the way down and finish on Monday night. The Jets at the Bills, Mike. What do you think fantasy-wise for this one? Wow. It's hard. It's really hard. You know, they got one guy that I like in this game, and that's LaShawn McCoy. Um, you, you know, LaShawn McCoy is going to be the bell cow for, for you know, Buffalo, and, and it's it's hard to find anything else really good there. I mean, if you're if you're playing a quarterback and, and Tyrod Taylor looks like he might make it a go, you know, he's going to be pedestrian at best. I got him ranked number 13. But, you know, LaShawn McCoy is definitely an RB1 for you. I don't know who they're throwing the ball to. I would think it'd be Zay Jones. You know, if you took a flyer on him or if he's available and you're desperate, that may end up being the guy, the rookie. But, you know, not much there. And on the other side of the ball with the Jets, this is just the dumpster fire, if you ask me. Below Powell's going to get a lot of the touches. And just through attrition, he's probably going to be the guy. Forte supposedly back healthy, but I don't believe it. Quarterback situation is a dumpster fire. If I could play, if I was in an individual defensive league and I had some defensive linemen from the Jets, that's who I'd play. But other than that, there's not a lot of value in this game. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I have to say, and I probably sound like a broken record from last season, but Jets, <laughs> yeah, okay. So I'm not, I'm not, they got Jeremy Curley back. That was a big announcement. Hey, we, we went and they seem to do that all the time. They have players, they let them go, they take them back when they're older. I, I don't I don't understand it, but whatever. The Jets are I, The Jets are trying to be the Yankees. They're trying to take somebody they have at a young age they let them go, and then they pay more money for them. But see the difference. The band back together. They're trying to get the band back together, guys. Well, this is a this is a band that may, this is like Millie Vanilli. Okay, it's like the Jets are trying to get Millie Vanilli back together, which you you get Millie and Vanilli, and then you have to get the people that 
that sang for them because it wasn't Millie Vanilli. But that's another story for a different day. I'm not playing the Jets. Anybody, okay? That's a no-no. LaShawn McCoy, yes. Zay Jones, I put him on my team. I think he's going to be the number one guy. Even with Sammy Watkins, if he had stayed there and not gone to the Rams, I still would have said that Zay Jones would have shocked. Because this is my guy who I've interviewed, been around East Carolina. This man has set records. He came into the NFL having set the record for NCAA when it comes to to being a receiver in the NCAA in the history, broke the record of Justin Hardy, who was also an East Carolina Pirate. So I think that this is an absolute steal by the Bills in the second round, 37th overall. I don't think they know what they have. Maybe they'll find out this week. If you're playing the Jets, this is a good time to test out Zay Jones, even at a flex position. LaShawn McCoy, Zay Jones, throw him out there. For anybody that's nervous because LaShawn McCoy has a Q next to his name, he had an illness, but he did return to practice. And he is not on my injury report on wakeupcalldt.com under the fantasy football tab. You click on injury report, brought to you by 315 Chiropractic. He is not there. And uh, a quick note, Tyrod Taylor did clear concussion protocol, and Jordan Matthews did practice fully. But I'm only telling you to play Zay Jones and LaShawn McCoy. Atlanta at Chicago, what do you got for me, Mike? Well, Atlanta's got the trifecta of stars, much like Pittsburgh has, and you you can't go without playing Matt Ryan. I mean, Matt Ryan's going to be an elite quarterback, and you can't go without starting Devonta Freeman. He's going to be an elite running back. And, oh, by the way, they have an elite receiver as well by the name of Julio Jones. So, you know, you can't go wrong if you're stretching deep or you're in a super flex league and you're looking for a guy maybe PPR-wise, Austin Hooper might be that guy. But, you know, I got him ranked just outside of being a, a, a tight end one this week. Now on the other side of the ball with Chicago, you know, one of my guys, uh, Jordan Howard, he's going to be a top three running back. If it wasn't for Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson, this guy might be considered the number one running back out there. PPR league or no PPR league, he's going to get the Kareem Hunt treatment in this game as best he can, and they're going to hope that Atlanta folds up shop like they did in the second half of the Super Bowl and, you know, has a meltdown. Again, that's the only way Chicago's going to win this game. Cameron Meredith's out with the ACL, so Kevin White's the number one. I like Kevin White coming back from the injury, but at the same time, I don't know if he's a number one yet in this league, so he's going to get the targets, he's going to get the opportunities Stay away from the quarterback situation. I just don't know what's going to happen there long term. You know, is it going to be Trubisky? Is it going to be Glennon? What's going to happen there? So, again, that's a problem. Uh, nothing nothing else really shines to me in this game. I think Atlanta's going to win the game and win the game big. And when you have three real big stars, just like in the NBA, if you got the big three, you're going to win some games. Yeah, you know, with Chicago – I have uh, I have nothing to say Chicago wise outside of running back Jordan Howard. I mean he's somebody that they leaned on last year and I lean on him again this year. They're in another situation with their quarterbacks and Kevin White is somebody that wasn't drafted in any of my drafts and uh, I, I don't believe he was in the fifth one. I know he wasn't in the first four. And you know this is a guy who you want to believe in. I know that Mike said some positive things about him in the past, but he's injury prone. He came into the league injured from West Virginia. I hope the best for him. I want him to have a a full season. I don't want him to get hurt anymore because he's never truly had a rookie season, even though he's a couple years in. 
I just don't trust him fantasy-wise. Marcus Wheaton is doubtful with a finger injury. He's coming from the Pittsburgh Steelers to the Chicago Bears. But the only one I would play is Jordan Howard for Chicago. As far as Atlanta goes, yeah, Mike, Mike, you know, said it. I mean, obviously, you have to go after uh, Devontae Freeman, and you have to give the nod to Julio Jones. And I would also, you know, look at this and say, that uh, Tevin Coleman is somebody who gets work in and gets work done. Devontae Freeman got that big contract. Some running backs have responded by going out and pretending like they never got the contract, and others have gone out and played halfway. So you got to watch how Devontae Freeman reacts. I, I hope that he doesn't go in that direction, but Tevin Coleman, no matter what's going to get his touches, he's going to get his touchdowns. When Devontae Freeman was in a contract year last year, Tevin Coleman still had some good statistics for your fantasy team. So I would play Freeman, Coleman. Uh, Coleman's uh, uh, running back two or three, but I still would look to put him out there depending on what you have. you got to play Matt Ryan, and you got to play Julio Jones. And then I would watch Mohamed Sanu, Taylor Gabriel, and Austin Hooper this week. I got a feeling that Hooper might get some looks of the three that I just named. So if you got to go for a tight end or you have two tight ends in your league, make him your second. But I would watch Sanu and Gabriel because I'm I'm still I, I still have a big question mark on who the number two wide receiver is going to be in Atlanta, and it could turn out to be tight end Austin Hooper, depending on how things go. So just watch that closely, but Coleman, Freeman, Matt Ryan, and Julio Jones are the ones I feel good about. And Austin Hooper, I kind of feel like he's going to get some looks, so you might want to lean on him a little bit, especially, like I said, if you have two tight ends you can throw out there or a flex that you need. Baltimore at Cincinnati, what do you got, Mike? Well, this is a game that looks like it might be interesting on paper, but I think, again, this is going to be a doldrum situation. However, there are some guys I'm excited to see running the ball. And, of course, i got to speak about Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon, again, could be a Kareem Hunt-type situation. you know. And I think that the thing that's going to open the running game up for them is the performance of A.J. Green. Is he going to be able to get open? Is he going to be able to do some things that makes him a top 10 receiver? And I think the answer is yes, because he and Andy Dalton have a good rapport over the years. And I think Andy Dalton, while he may not be perceived as an elite quarterback in the league, he is serviceable. He does get the job done, and he does have some weapons around him. And don't forget Tyler Eifert. That's definitely a worthy start at the tight end position. Tyler Eifert, a guy that can't seem to shake the injury bug. Well, he's not injured. It's week one, so he's not injured yet. On the Baltimore side, Joe Flacco always seems to put up yards, but he doesn't seem to get over that hump, one of the highest-paid quarterbacks in the league. But he'll be handing the ball off to Terrence West, who is finally going to get his chance. We've seen his you know, moments of glory in the dumpster fire they call the Cleveland Browns. So, you know, now they just with Baltimore. Woodhead's not an every-down guy. He's a third-down guy. Javorius Allen looks like the guy that physically – has the ability to pull off a three-down back situation here. He just can't get past Terrence West on the depth chart. And the good thing for Joe Flacco is they got a couple guys that can stretch the field in Wallace and Macklin. And look look out for UCF product Bashard Perryman to finally show up. You know, I know he's had some lower extremity issues, but this is a guy who might start to show up later on in the year. Not too excited about him early on in the season, though. No, Bashard Perryman, I mean, he's supposed to be the number one guy with Baltimore and Mike Wallace is a guy who had some good moments last year but was inconsistent you know you'd like to think that it's Joe Flacco he's going to throw to somebody 
so there has to be somebody to lean on a little bit. But in this game, Baltimore-wise, the only one that I'm really telling you to put out there would be a Terrence West because, as Mike said, I believe this year more than any year could be his year. This year more than anything else could be his time to take the job. And I feel like if he doesn't do it, then he's going to get lost on the depth chart. So, you know, Terrence West is a good option at flex or as a running back too, depending on how deep your league is. For Cincinnati, John Ross, who's a guy that that I'm pretty high on as a rookie, he's doubtful in this game. So don't be putting out John Ross in this game. But A.J. Green, you know, I think Andy Dalton is, is pretty safe, depending on who you have. And Joe Mixon... I think uh, I want to see how Joe Mixon and Jeremy Hill go back and forth because Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard we've we've seen over the last two three years it just doesn't work, but Jeremy Hill and Joe Mixon in the preseason look like that could be a nice one two punch with Mixon being the dominant guy. So Joe Mixon's somebody that you want to put out there. Pittsburgh at Cleveland, the other matchup of the AFC North. What do you have for this? Oh, and Pittsburgh has the big three, of course, and Roethlisberger. He's definitely worthy of a QB1 against Cleveland. Cleveland just uh, lost Joe Hayden, don't forget. Now they say Joe Hayden's skills have diminished. Where did Joe Hayden go? Oh, he's in Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh was gladly able to glad to snatch up Joe Hayden. But, you know, it's going to be hard for them to stop Le'Veon Bell. I've got him ranked higher than David Johnson this week. And, and, and you know, it's, it's a matchup situation is really what that is. But then you turn around and you got the number one receiver, too, in Antonio Brown. So how can you go wrong with Pittsburgh or anybody on Pittsburgh's team? Heck, you know what? If, if you're in a bind, you may even look at a Pittsburgh tight end in Jesse James. They just brought over Vance McDonald, who was released by San Fran. So I don't know what could go wrong for Pittsburgh besides the bus breaking down or somebody breaking an ankle stepping off the bus. Now, the other side of the coin, Cleveland. Cleveland's usually a dumpster fire. And they are. You got Miles Garrett, who's dinged up. They just had to let Calvin Pryor go, former number one pick they acquired from the Jets for Demario Davis, the linebacker. And they just cut him because he got a fight at practice or before practice with a teammate. So, you know, Calvin Pryor was damaged goods, I guess, three teams in three years. And, you know, you would say, oh, it's, that's Cleveland, that's Cleveland. Be wary of Cleveland. They're one of the youngest teams. They got a lot of faith in Deshaun Kaiser. They can run the ball. Isaiah Crowell does well. And they got some speed at receiver, Corey Coleman and Kenny Britt. David Njoku, they hope to be able to get him the ball. He was a terror at Miami. So if they can capitalize on those things, they can win some games. And they might edge out the Jets as not the worst team in the NFL this year. Yeah, you know, when you look at this matchup between the two teams that we're discussing, Pittsburgh at Cleveland, this is where I tell you to play Pittsburgh defense and special teams. When a divisional, when a, when a player switches to another team in division, that's when things kind of get fun in these matchups. So Hayden with the Pittsburgh Steelers, who really needed to bolster up their secondary, this could help them out. So Pittsburgh's defense and special teams, I would consider putting out there at Cleveland. Uh, obviously, Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell. For Cleveland, Isaiah Crowell, and that's probably all I'm going to tell you. Arizona and Detroit, what do you got for this one, Mike? Well, you could do a lot worse than anybody on Arizona's offense. You know, everybody thinks David Johnson, David Johnson, and he is the number two running back this week and the number one over player overall for the year for a reason. 
they've got some weapons around him that allow him to do what he does. They have a Larry Fitzgerald. They have a John Brown. They have a J.J. Nels. They have people that can, you know, long-term make it possible for him to run. Now, I'm not kidding you. A lot of teams are going to load eight men in the box, and I really think that might happen again this week at Detroit. So temper your expectations. But David Johnson David Johnson. If you were lucky enough to get the first, and believe it or not, sometimes in some drafts, the second pick, and get David Johnson, I don't have to tell you to play him. You know that. That's why you grabbed him. Now, on the other side, it's a little bit different in Detroit. Matt Stafford's been pedestrian. He, he, he just needs a big contract not long ago. They're looking to pay him again here. But he doesn't really have the running attack that Carson Palmer has. He has some receivers. He has some speed. Not sold as Golden Tate being a number one receiver, though. Marvin Jones looks good as the number two. And Kenny Galladay had an excellent preseason. But then again, that was preseason. A lot of those guys he was playing against are bagging groceries this week. And the one bright spot I really do like on Detroit is Eric Ebron. I think he's going to have the ability to pick up a couple scores this week. Yeah, with this Arizona at Detroit game, you know, Detroit seems to have some heroics when they're at home. But in this game, Arizona, David Johnson, as you're running back, obviously you put him in to the mix for this one. You can consider somebody like Carson Palmer if you have a two-quarterback situation. If you don't, then you probably picked up Carson Palmer as your quarterback, too. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, not a bad option to have even as a flex in this. Detroit, Amir Abdullah, this is his last shot. This is his third chance at making a positive debut with Detroit. So, you know, I'm not going to tell you to put him out there and play him. I want to see what he's I, I want to see what he's going to do this week. Uh, Eric Ebron, I think he's in a situation too. If he cannot show himself, he Brandon Pettigrew was a pretty pretty darn good, pretty pretty viable option at tight end for Detroit. And then all of a sudden he fell off the map and so you thought Ebron would step up, but he hasn't. So, with Detroit, I'm not really sold on anybody in this game. I, I just I, I think when I look at this matchup, I see Larry Fitzgerald and I see David Johnson. That's really what I see in this. Jacksonville at Houston. Somehow, some way, they're playing at NRG Stadium in Houston after Hurricane Harvey. What do you think about Jacksonville at Houston, Mike? Well, for a lot of folks, when you think Jacksonville, you think Leonard Fournette, top guy, heralded back, big back, supposed to be the every down back, supposed to be a top back. I don't believe in it because I don't believe in the offensive line. In Jacksonville, I think that's a part of the problem. I think that's a part of the problem they have with quarterback because they don't, the line doesn't protect enough. Now, they run block a little bit better than they pass block, but I don't think it's going to be enough. However, that being said, Leonard Fournette, still a viable guy. You got to put him out there. They're going to try to make him the guy, they're going to try to make him the bell cow. So, this is the guy who you can count on until he gets injured. Now, he's had problems with the foot. He had problems with the foot in college. He had problems with the foot in preseason. So if that happens, I told you so. But at the same time, you could probably get some yardage out of him for a while before he really breaks down. Young back, big back, I like him a lot. Allen Robinson's still the number one receiver. And you know what? I think they're going to be playing from behind, even though the defense has improved. Marquise Leith had an outstanding preseason, took over the number two spot for Allen Hearns, who's dropping down the depth chart all the way to fourth. D.D. Westbrook showing up. If they put D.D. Westbrook in the slot, this is a guy who has one, who has wide receiver one written all over him. He could be the future of the Jaguars. But, again, he's a rookie. Temper that expectation right now. This is a lot of look for the future. However, the Jacksonville can't keep looking at the future. they got to win now. They don't have a good quarterback. They don't have a good situation there. And speaking of quarterback, Houston doesn't really have a good quarterback situation. 
situation right now as well. If it was me, and I invested that much time, energy, and money into Sean Watson, who seems to be the NFL-ready quarterback out of the rookies that came out, I would start Deshaun Watson. But Tom Savage has looked pretty good in the preseason, and part of that reason is he's able to count on a running back like Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller is a solid running back. However, Dante Foreman is going to be right on his heels looking to take over when Lamar Miller gets hurt, because we all know that's going to happen probably come midseason. But he also has some guys that can throw the ball to, and that's DeAndre Hopkins. Now, Will Fuller's still out. He's going to be back in a couple weeks. Don't forget that. Will, Phil, Will Fuller may be available, and if you're in a deep league and he is available, you might want to snatch him up and storm because he will be coming back. And you can't argue with Braxton Miller's able to do as well with, with his speed. So there's a few bright spots here on both sides. Uh, for the most part, it's probably going to be a pretty good defensive game. Yeah, you know, Jacksonville – in all honesty, if you have their defense and special teams, it's not a bad option to put them out there. Their defense was not the problem last year, and I was in Jacksonville at the games watching firsthand. The defense at some times gave three chances in a row consecutively to the offense, and the offense didn't capitalize. So the defense has not been the problem, and the defense has gotten better. And the secondary, for the first time in over a decade, might actually be something worth watching in Jacksonville. Leonard Fournette at running back, I would put him out there. Allen Robinson, if you're going to put out three wide receivers, he's not a bad option for you to throw out there. So those are the two that I would say for Jacksonville. Marquise Lee, yeah, he has his moments, and he could shock. He's not consistent. So if you need a flex player, you could put him out there. For Houston, I'd say Lamar Miller. Deontay Foreman, I don't know how many times he's going to get the ball with Lamar healthy. And DeAndre Hopkins is as high as people can be on him. I just don't know what this quarterback situation is going to be right now. I don't think, you know, none of us do until we watch it. So if you want to, if you're in a deep league and you got a chance putting somebody out there, you drafted DeAndre pretty high and you don't want to leave him on your bench in week one, I understand that. But in this game, I say Lamar Miller for Houston, maybe Marquise Lee, Allen Robinson, Leonard Fournette for Jacksonville. Oakland at Tennessee. What do you have for this one? Well, Marcus Mariota is a guy you got to watch out for for Tennessee, of course. And, you know, you probably got him, you know, mid-late rounds in the draft. And he's a very serviceable quarterback who can put up good numbers at any time. DeMarco Murray getting up there. Old man's had a lot of touches. Old man's got a lot of a lot of miles on them tires, and Derrick Henry's chomping at the bit to get in there behind him, but he's not, as long as DeMarco Murray keeps performing. They're able to pass block. They're able to run block in Tennessee, and they got speed on the outside in a, in a rookie, Corey Davis. Rashard Matthews is a good choice as a wide receiver three, but Delaney Walker seems to be the trusted and go-to guy. He's probably good for a touchdown and some decent PPR points. If, if you're in a league that rewards you for PPR, of course, that's a tight end you want to you want to get going here. But again, I can't overstate Marcus Mariota. I think he's the number four quarterback this week. But on the other side, Derek Carr, excellent quarterback to have. Of course, an elite quarterback. You probably snagged him late in the draft if you were able to get him. Oakland's got a lot to be proud about. I think Oakland's one of the strongest teams in the AFC. If Marshawn Lynch can stay healthy, again, almost mirror image teams here. Whereas. They got older running backs with a lot of mileage on the tires. If Marshawn Lynch can stay healthy, Oakland's going to go far because they got speed on the outside again with Amari Cooper. And Michael Crabtree is an excellent wide receiver.
receiver. He plays the wide receiver too, but he may even be a wide receiver one by the time the year's the year's done. And not on that team, of course, but on your fantasy team. And Jared Cook, stay away from this guy. He's had like three touchdowns in like three years. He's got an appealing name, and he looks good on paper next to all these other guys, but stay away from him. Yeah, you know, when you look at, at this matchup that's coming up with the Oakland Raiders and the Tennessee Titans, you know, I think this is one of this is going to be one of the most exciting fantasy games to watch. Oakland at Tennessee at 1 p.m. Eastern time this Sunday, September 10th. I definitely think that you should. I mean, there's plenty of guys to play on each side. I know that Oakland, if you got Marshawn Lynch, I know people are going to play him. I I question his desire, but if you got him out there, or if you got him on your team, you're going to put him out there. I can't tell you that if you have two spots for a running back, three, four spots for a running back, that he's not going to be out there for you. So Derek Carr at quarterback, Marshawn Lynch. Amari Cooper is questionable right now. He is on the 315 chiropractic injury report under the fantasy football tab on wakeupcalldt.com, so watch that. Michael Crabtree, I agree with Mike. He is... He has resurfaced. His career was reborn in Oakland, and that's why I drafted him. And I stole him kind of late in a bunch of drafts. So I'm going to put Michael Crabtree out there. That's that's somebody who I definitely would like to play. And then as far as Tennessee goes, Marcus Mariota, you can't go wrong with this guy. He's going to score for you. He's going to get the job done. He was a guy that was catching fire before he got hurt in the last week of the season last season, which maybe affected your Super Bowl. And then uh, DeMarco Murray. Hands down, you got to throw them out there. Philadelphia at Washington is the last one we'll do before we take our final fast break of the show. So we'll cut it in half after this one o'clock game. Philadelphia at Washington. What do you have for this one, Mike? Well, Philadelphia, you were able to probably get Carson Wentz really late in the draft. Did he got drafted at all? And I don't understand that because he seems to be a serviceable quarterback. It just there's a lot of other options in the same tier as him. But by the end of the year, he'll be a guy on everybody's roster. But Garrett Blunt led the league, if I'm not mistaken, in touchdowns last year. New team, but there was talk that he might not even make the team. So I would look on Philadelphia's side of the ball. I would definitely look at maybe um, if you have Darren Sproles, especially in a PPR league, this is the guy you want. Darren Sproles Jr. by the end of the year is going to be Donnell Pumphrey. And Wendell Smallwood could come out of this smelling the best long term as the three down back. But, you know, when you got Darren Sproles, you're going to bring him in for the, for the, uh, you know, the passing plays. But watch for Garrett Blunt this year. If he goes down or he doesn't, he doesn't do what he's supposed to do or what we think he's supposed to do, look out for a Wendell Smallwood may be available on the waiver wire. Alshon Jeffrey, I think he's going to have a big year. Nelson Algalore, they're talking about playing him a lot in the slot because they got Torrey Smith who can stretch the field as well. So I like Nelson Aguilar this year. Here's a name that, you know, he hasn't been getting it done, hasn't been getting it done. They've reworked some things, including his grip, including him trying to catch the ball more with his thumbs, using his thumbs. I know you would think that's something that you should know as an NFL player by this point, but evidently he didn't. And sure enough, they've been working with him, and that seems to be improved. On the other side of the ball, Washington, Kirk Cousins seems to be playing under the franchise tag forever. Again, very serviceable quarterback. He may have gotten mid to late rounds. Fat Rob Kelly at the back. He's trying not to let go of the job. Looked like Samaj Perrine was going to be chomping at the bit to get that, but he, he doesn't seem to have the pass blocking down, and if you can't pass block, you're not going to get on the field. So Rob Kelly's got a firm grip on those first two snaps, but Chris Thompson in the PPR league's not a bad play either. The product out of Florida State's got an opportunity to really put up some catches, and they got 
speed at the receiver and Terrell Pryor, Jamison Crowder, and Kirk Cousins seem to have this mind meld together. And Josh Doxson's fast as well. So, And, oh, don't forget they have Jordan Reed as well. Jordan Reed hopefully is healthy with that toe. That toe seems to be a, a lingering issue for him, but it's week one. But if he falters, Vernon Davis looked like last year he was capable of stepping in. So a lot of long-term opportunity. I would think this might be a high-scoring affair for fantasy points this week. Yeah, you know, this Philadelphia-Washington game, I, and I said this going into this year, that in my opinion, Washington may have the most weapons that they have had in a very, very, very long time. And speed, they definitely have. They have Jamison Crowder, obviously, uh, on one side. Jo- you know, uh, Josh Doxson didn't get to have his rookie season, so he gets to have an opportunity now. You got Doxson, you have Terrell Pryor, and you have Jamison Crowder. I think that, you know, if you're looking for a flex guy and you got to go deep, Doxson's not a bad one to put out there because there's not a lot of film on him, so people won't be prepared for him. Uh, Jamison Crowder and Terrell Pryor Sr., these are the definitions of flex position to me. Uh, Jordan Reed at your tight end. Rob Kelly, I like I like the opportunity of Rob Kelly, but I think I feel like Samaje Perrine may have may have I don't know, I just I'm leaning on that he could get a couple touchdowns if they get close to the goal line in this one. Uh, Kirk Cousins, I picked him up late, as Mike said. You know, this is a guy who is extremely serviceable, yet he's not given the respect he deserves. LeGarrette Blunt. People picked him up in the 18th round. This guy is, I mean, this he resurrected his career, and people think he's not going to score touchdowns. That's insanity. If you have him as running back two or three, throw him out there. And, you know, wide receiver-wise, for the Philadelphia Eagles, I, I'm kind of like the jury's out on this one for a little bit. We'll take a step aside on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora and wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. I want to make a quick note. The Jaguars just released their to, their injury report for today. They literally just released it a couple minutes ago. Uh, Blake Bortles it has a right wrist injury. D.D. Westbrook still has a core muscle injury. Starting corner Jalen Ramsey has a hip injury. T.J. Yeldon has a hamstring injury at running back. Tayshawn Gibson, starting free safety, potentially has an ankle injury. Dante Fowler Jr. has a knee injury at defensive end. Josh Wells on the offensive line has a rib injury. And defensive lineman Michael Bennett has a groin injury. All players are expected to practice, however, today. So it seems like Doug Marone being on a team and that team being injury prone seems to continue the bouncing ball. Wherever Doug Marone goes, there seems to be injuries to numerous starters, but these are all expected to practice, which is good news for D.D. Westbrook with his core muscle injury. We'll take a step aside for a fast break. We'll come back with the 4 o'clock games, Sunday night football, and Monday night to get you ready for week one of fantasy football. Proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub, 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus in the Home Depot Plaza. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Okay, if you want to be a winner, okay, and who would want to be a loser? Not me. I always win. One every time. One when I came out of my mother's womb to where I am today. I never lose, ever. And one of the reasons why is because I go to Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com for all my fantasy football advice. I go to Mike Safka Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. Great guy. Get in touch. Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. You heard it right here. 
The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. You heard from the Donald once again in this fast break because he always seems to, I got to take over. I got to be there. Okay, first of all, first of all, I want to ask a question about the red skin. No, Donald, we're not, we're not talking about no i just want to talk about washington dc the redskins why they're called that i just no donald we're not we're not getting involved in any of that right now i'm not i'm not playing this game with you okay then i'll just go smoke a lagarde blunt okay that's great donald thank you thank you for being a part of today's show so see folks we we got he he shows up whenever he feels like it but he gave he, he gave a plug to hall of fame fantasy football mike you must feel good about that Absolutely. Donald's been one of my longtime customers. Well, he's a winner, isn't he? I never lose. I've won my whole entire life. Listen to the commercial. There's never been a time where I've lost. When I went bankrupt, you know who lost? The banks. Because I erupted them, okay? I erupted all of them. I won every time, no matter what. When my stomach, when I, when I have... When I have food, you know, when I have sushi and it's not healthy for you and it bothers my stomach and I have to go to the bathroom, I don't lose. The toilet loses. Everybody loses but me. Well, I guess I guess it's pretty fair. He's never lost. He he knows. You know what I can say? You know what I can say, Mike? He's always a glass half full guy to say that when his stomach bothers him, the toilet loses, not him. I mean, I, he's a glass half full kind of guy. I love it. I love it. <laughs> So we are back with Fantasy Football Friday inside of Wake Up Call with Dan Satora exclusively. And every single week we're giving you fantasy football advice every Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And sometimes we go over like today because we want to make sure you have all the information that you need to make the best decisions you can make when it comes to your fantasy football team. Proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, in the Home Depot Plaza. It's where we watch football, and it's where you need to go all throughout the week. The Wildcat Sports Pub is in, is an amazing place to bring your family, your kids, your friends, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it may be. Come out and watch the games Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and so on and so forth, and make sure that the Wildcat becomes your hub for sports venue watching and for great food and if you're in the wake up call fantasy football challenge then you became a vip and vips they get treated 
very, very nicely at the Wildcat Sports Pub with a promotion that will get you a discount on every single time you get food at the Wildcat. So when you want to go out and get, grab a bite to eat and watch the game, why not go somewhere that's going to put some money back in your pocket? The Wildcat Sports Pub VIPs for those in the Wake Up Call Fantasy Challenge that are getting a percentage off every time they order at the Wildcat from now through Super Bowl Sunday. The next game we have up for Mike and I to discuss in your fantasy football advice is the Indianapolis Colts against the Los Angeles Rams. I never thought that I was going to see Los Angeles Ram and Los Angeles Charger in my life. Yet here we are today with two Los Angeles teams playing at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. Indy at Los Angeles. What do you got for this one, Mike, at 4.05 p.m. Eastern time? Well, Indianapolis has a lot of problems at quarterback. You know, you got to wonder what's going on in Indianapolis. What have they been thinking? I mean, is Scott Tolzien really the answer? What are they going to do? I think Jacoby Brissett will be the quarterback before Andrew Luck. I think Jacoby Brissett, they're going to have some packages for him. This is a guy that was a Florida product, couldn't stay on the field, had trouble, uh, you know, at Florida, went to North Carolina State, did well there, was with the Patriots. Seemed like a guy of the future, but, you know, how are you going to argue with Garoppolo? And then how are you going to displace Brady, even though, you you know, it might happen in a couple years? Anyway, Indianapolis has a lot of problems at quarterback. They're going to rely a lot on the run, and old man Gore is going to be getting those touches. Well, old man Gore's tread is almost off his tires, so they went out and got Marlon Mack, but he's not ready. They also picked up Matt Jones, who can be serviceable, but he has fumbling issues. Robert Durbin's more of a fullback. So they got problems at quarterback and running back in Indianapolis. And then you take into account that, well, they have receivers. Well, they need somebody to throw them the ball. T.Y. Hilton, one of the top receivers in the league. If you drafted him, you have to play him. He's going to try, he's going to get the targets at least to be a, a wide receiver one. Dante Moncrief should get some decent looks. He'll, he's probably more like a wide receiver three or four. Kamar Aiken, if he can get some looks, that's great. Jack Doyle might get the most. Uh, the situation at quarterback as a safety valve at tight end, he's probably good for a touchdown and quite a few looks. And when you go on the other side of the ball here, the Rams, you have to look at Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley is a guy that, well, if you drafted him, you probably got him with some value this year. I believe in Todd Gurley this year. I'm putting myself out there. I think he's going to be able to put it together now that they're able to not load eight men in the box like they did on him last year. Jared Goff's got another year under his belt probably did him well he's going to look to throw the ball to Sammy Watkins I mean here's basically a number one receiver that was almost dumped in their lap Sammy Watkins well who'd he play in who'd he play with in Buffalo for a few years oh that's right the wide receiver too Robert Woods so they have a nice thing going on Cooper Cup has exploded on the scene this is the guy in dynasty leagues or keeper leagues that if you didn't have him you might find him on the waiver wire this is a guy you want to grab I don't believe in the tight end situation in L.A., but I do believe this would be a game where there's a few bright spots, but I would watch another game if there's another game on. Yeah, you know, Indianapolis at the Los Angeles Rams, you know, this is a tough one. Now, Jacoby Brissett, and I'm happy that, Mike, you brought him up. I, I, I am a fan of Jacoby. I covered Jacoby when he was at NC State, and he is somebody who I think, you know, is is a nice little steal here for the Indianapolis Colts, who are having issue with Andrew Luck. When it, oh, first of all, Andrew Luck has been injured in multiple seasons, okay? This is nothing new as of late. On top of that, 
Andrew Luck, when he's been healthy, he's been throwing a lot of interceptions. He's been making a lot of mistakes. So, yeah, he's got weapons on this team, but is he a viable option anymore at quarterback? He fell off. He fell completely off when you look at going to people drafting in fantasy. So you get team quarterback with me. Jacoby Brissett is going to have an opportunity. And I think Jacoby can make T.Y. Hilton better. I think that he can make Jack Doyle better. He might be able to even make make Dante Moncrief better, who I think is a wide receiver for. So I agree with Mike on that. T.Y. Hilton, if you got him, you put him out there. Jack Doyle, if you got him and he's your tight end, you got to play him. If he's if you got two tight ends, you play him out there. Marlon Mack, I really, really hope that he gets his opportunities this year because I believe that he could be a sleeper steal of this year's draft. But, you know, Indianapolis-wise, T.Y. Hilton, Jack Doyle, those are the ones that I would probably lean on the most. And then outside of that, for the Los Angeles Rams you know, you want, you know, I didn't, I didn't do it this year. I didn't Todd Gurley this year. I didn't draft Todd Gurley this year. I wasn't going to do it because, you know, I was so excited to get the second pick of the draft last year and I drafted Todd Gurley and I, you know, it's, it was like a kick in the teeth. He did not have one game where he reached 100 yards rushing. He didn't even come close in a lot of them. He rushed for like 0.2 yards or 1.2 yards in games you don't want to believe that this is the way that he'll be going from here on out, but they brought in Malcolm Brown to give some, you know, to give some relief if they need it. Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods, you'd like to think that the Los Angeles Rams are going to be able to have a, a few more weapons this year than they had in Cooper Cup and and whatnot is out there. So you want to believe that something's going to happen. But Jared Goff's not the quarterback I'm putting out there. If you have Sammy Watkins and you can play three or four wide receivers, throw him out there. See what he can do on this team. Todd Gurley, I know you feel like you need to play him, but I stayed away from him this year. The next matchup that we have going on for week one is going to bring us to the matchup between Seattle and Green Bay in Wisconsin. What do you have for this one? be a good game. As much as I like Seattle this year, I gotta go with Green Bay at home. If you have Aaron Rodgers, you have one of the top two quarterbacks. You you know you're gonna play him. You went after him and you grabbed him probably as early as the second or third round. Ty Montgomery's been holding his own, got another year under his belt at running back, but look out for Jamal Williams chomping at the heels of him to take over that spot, or at least get a lot more a lion share of the touches, if you will, by the year's end. Jordy Nelson, if he can stay healthy, he's going to be great. Devontae Adams, if he can stay healthy, he's going to be great. And Randall Cobb, if he can stay healthy, he's going to be great. I would like to see great things from Martellus Bennett this year. It's just an iffy proposition for me. So, you know, you can't argue if Aaron Rodgers, Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams play those guys. I don't have to tell you that, though. Seattle, now you've got a good quarterback in Russell Wilson. Not quite the super elite level as Aaron Rodgers, but he definitely gets the job done. He's a top-level quarterback. I see a lot of committee-type things happening at running back, which is not good for fantasy. But in a couple weeks, this should shake itself out. Eddie Lacy looks like the guy who's going to get most of the most of the carries. Thomas Rawls right behind him. C.J. Procise, they say, is actually healthy once again by now. Even struggling with injuries through preseason. He's the third down guy. But watch out for Chris Carson. This is your early warning. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Chris Carson, if you got room to stuff a guy on, a, on the bench, this is a guy who's probably available in your league. He could be the guy come year's end at running back for Seattle. And they got some receivers there. Ty, uh, Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett can stretch the field. Look out for Paul Richardson. 
super deep league, you might want to invest in some Paul Richardson. And Jimmy Graham looking to resurface this year as the top tight end. I think he's going to have a solid game here, but I just think it's tough to play Green Bay at home. However, Seattle's lucky they're getting into week one and not week 11 when there's a foot of snow on the ground. Yeah, you know, and then Thomas Rawls right now is dealing dealing with a high ankle injury. So you got to watch this. Rawls coming out of Central Michigan is uh, he has the opportunity to be a beast in the NFL. He has the opportunity to be a starter that holds on to his job. He has the opportunity to be a fantasy stud, but he's been injured since he got into the league, and that has been an issue which has held him back. I don't trust in Eddie Lacy. So, you know, like Mike said, if you have an opportunity to take a guy like Chris Carson, if you have to get really, 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 really deep, he was drafted 7th round, 249th, rookie out of Oklahoma State. He may get some chances because Eddie, I just don't trust in Eddie Lacy. C.J. Procise fumbles the ball, and Thomas Rawls is hurt. So I'm not leaning on any running back of Seattle in this game. Russell Wilson, you're going to put him out there. Paul Richardson has put himself into a starting position on this team in his fourth season out of Colorado. Uh, I would say Doug Baldwin, Jimmy Graham, and Russell Wilson for me personally. And on the other side of it for Green Bay, I'm so happy for the first time ever I have Aaron Rodgers on my team. So I'm putting Aaron Rodgers out there all day or day. Devontae Adams and Jordy Nelson are a yes for me, and Martellus Bennett is a yes as well. And Ty Montgomery, put him in as a flex but Jamal Williams, I did draft him, and I did pick him up late, and I stashed him on my roster. I'm going to be paying very close eye on Jamal Williams in this first game. I feel good about playing Aaron Rodgers, Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, and potentially Martellus Bennett. And with Ty Montgomery, like I said, he's not a bad flex position player for you. Carolina at San Francisco, 425 p.m. Eastern time. What do you have for this one? Wow, it's going to be a one-sided game here. Although I like some things that San Francisco has been able to do, you know, on the, on Carolina's side of the ball, they just they just got too many weapons here. Cam Newton can score from anywhere. However, they're saying they're going to temper him down a little bit on the running and make him more of a pocket passer. I'll believe it when I see it. He has the ability both ways. They're just trying to elongate his career a little bit. Christian McCaffrey's looked wonderful. Great product out of Stanford. Looked great in preseason. Looks like the little engine that can, and he can. He can do it. So this is a guy you probably stole in some in some rounds. You probably drafted him in the fourth or fifth round if you were lucky enough to get him. Kelvin Benjamin looking to finally return to what's made him the number one receiver in Carolina. Curtis Samuel is a guy who burst on the scene here during preseason. This is a guy you got to look out for long term. But Greg Olson led the team in, in targets and receptions. If you were lucky enough to get Greg Olson, I think he's arguably one of the top three tight ends in the league. You know, you're going to be playing Olsen. San Fran, I don't have a lot of positive things, but they are making some strides. A guy who could have a breakout year in, in San Fran is a Marquise Goodwin. He's got the speed, and they like to stretch the field a little bit. If they can, Pierre Garçon as well. But I'm real interested in the running back battle. It looked like Joe Williams was finally going to overtake Carlos Hyde, and Joe Williams goes down with the injury. Carlos Hyde's still the number one runner, but he's very injury-prone. Matt Breida is probably going to be the guy toward the end of the year. So, again, if Matt Breida, now that's B-R-E-I-D-A, Breida, if he is available and you have room on your bench or he came up with an injury or something, by all means, go take him because as soon as Carlos Hyde goes down, and it's going to happen, go ahead and feel free to plug Breida in. He's, he's a horse I like George Kittle, the Iowa product, the tight end. He was able to displace Vance McDonald, who 
who they shipped off to Pittsburgh. This is a guy who can catch the ball. He's a big guy, not afraid of receptions. He's probably still out there on the waiver wire. George Kittle. Now, I'm not saying start him over Gronk on your team. I'm saying if he's out there, grab him now because come next couple weeks, you may not be able to. Brian Howard is Brian, – Brian Hoyer, I should say, is going to struggle at quarterback. Um, but you know what? He's serviceable. He can get things done. So if he can get these guys around him to do something – They'll go far with Brian Hoyer, a lot farther than they will with C.J. Beathard, but I just don't believe in anybody on San Fran this week going against Carolina. Yeah, Carolina's the road team, but I feel good about Kelvin Benjamin in this game as well as Greg Olson and Cam Newton. Jonathan Stewart is 182 years old, and I'm still waiting for him to be a running back in the NFL because the best running back that Carolina's had in a long time is Cam Newton. Christian McCaffrey's going to make that a little bit easier on Cam, and hopefully they can play nicely with one another and use that quarterback pitch a lot. They have Cam Newton break out to you know roll out right and then just dump it at the last second to Christian McCaffrey and watch him go to work. Christian McCaffrey is a guy that I waited five drafts to get, and I finally got the young man. And Christian McCaffrey, Cam Newton, Greg Olson, Kelvin Benjamin. And if you got to go deep into wide receiver three or four, which my league allows you to do, put out Devin Funchess as well and let him go to work. As far as San Francisco goes, San Francisco, hey, boy. They <laughs> they have a little bit of a interesting situation. Uh, C.J. Beathard is behind Brian Hoyer. The thing that made me really upset about this year is I drafted, and again, we draft so late. I hold all of my drafts late in August and early September so that we are through most of the preseason, through most of the injuries, and we know who's going to be healthy, and we know who's going to be on a team and on a roster. Yet, Joe Williams, the rookie who I felt really good about, who Mike and I discussed, he's not out there right now, and it stinks. But Matt Breda is there, and like Mike said, Carlos Hyde, there's going to be a moment where Carlos Hyde's going to need some help. Georgia Southern rookie running back who was not drafted. Matt Breda is on the team, number 49, so look out for him. George Kittle is questionable in this game. He has a hamstring injury, and he was limited at practice yesterday for Thursday, September 7th. So, I mean, that's if you got to go really, really, really deep. Pierre Garçon and Marquise Goodwin are looking to resurrect their careers. Pierre from Washington, Marquise from the Buffalo Bills, where he never really got that much. So, I don't feel good about anybody in this game. When it comes to San Fran, I guess if you want to go deep and you put out Carlos Hyde, but I'm really sad about Joe Williams, and I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to you know deal with that and 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 have my uh, have my moment where I cry it out and move forward. But I don't feel good about San Fran, Carolina. You know, there's like what did I say? Five players that I felt good about on there. The Giants at the Cowboys, 8:30 p.m. Eastern Time. Ezekiel Elliott is suspended, yet he gets to play in Week One. Nothing in the NFL makes sense when it comes to suspensions. Pac-Man Jones is still in the NFL if if you need a case in point. So the Giants are playing the Cowboys, and Ezekiel Elliott is playing in the game. Who do you have for this, Mike? Well, first off, on the Zeke Elliott thing, I looked for Zeke Elliott to have that temporary restraining order put in place today. This could be something that will allow him to pull like Tom Brady pulled and be able to play the whole year, delay things long enough where maybe if they can get something reduced through the court system, it won't take effect till next year. You know, the NFL's a now business, and that's a smart thing to do. So if they are lucky enough, and you were lucky enough to get Ezekiel and take a chance on him, because there's still a chance he's going to miss six games, which really means he misses seven games when you count the bye week, not available till week eight. But 
neither here nor there. You got to play him. I don't have to tell you that. This is the number one overall draft pick worthy if he wasn't suspended. Zeke Elliott, especially in PPR as well, he's got to be out there for you. I look for you to temper expectations on Dak Prescott this year. I think a lot of people, especially if Zeke is out, they're gonna they're gonna be wise to Dak Prescott. But you know he's got Des Bryant to throw the ball to, arguably one of the best receivers. If he can stay on the field and stay healthy, a Cole Beasley is a serviceable guy that they're gonna put on the opposite side of him. I don't believe in Terrence Williams. Jason Witten, longtime veteran, he's gonna be able to catch a couple catches for you. Maybe a touchdown in a game. But the team I'm most excited about right now is the Giants. I think a lot of people underestimate them. You know, don't forget, Dallas did real good last year. They lost twice to who? The Giants. And the reason is, is game planning. But you know what? I'm wondering if they're able to do it. I think they can on the arm of Eli Manning. Should have an outstanding year as long as Odell Beckham is healthy. Now, if we don't see drama, Odell Beckham, this is going to be great for the Giants. If we see drama, Odell Beckham, run out and pick up Sterling Shepard because somebody's going to have to fill the gap and get the touches. Brandon Marshall, if he can stay healthy, is going to be very serviceable. And then Evan Ingram, very underrated tight end. This is a guy that might get you a touchdown a game. The Giants like to utilize the, 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 the tight end. They've done so many, many years. And this is a guy who's put himself in a position and had a great success at Mississippi at the tight end position, catching the ball, finding spots in space. Very Gronk-like, just not the same size. So he's probably out there on the waiver wire, too. So if you have room to stash somebody or you need to pick up a backup tight end, if you're not ahead, you're behind. So jump on a guy like that. Yeah, you know, when you look at this matchup with the Giants and the Cowboys, I mean, typically these are high-scoring games, so you're anticipating that we're going to see this game, obviously, go go to a certain distance. you got to play Ezekiel Elliott, and we had this conversation earlier on in the week. You know, do you play Darren McFadden? Do you play Ezekiel Elliott? Do you play them both? You play Ezekiel Elliott because he wants to be on the field, and he doesn't know. The thing is, the Cowboys don't know, and he doesn't know what next week and the subsequent subsequent weeks are going to bring. And Jerry Jones is the type of guy that likes to play his flashy players. So he is going to tell Jason Garrett, hey, guess what? Ezekiel needs to be out there 30, 40 touches in this game. I don't care. I don't care what's going on. You need to throw him out there. Throw him out there on special teams. So Ezekiel Elliott's going to be playing in this game, so you're going to have to play Zeke. I'm going to get back to the Cowboys in a second. Odell Beckham Jr. has an uphill battle with his ankle injury, so you need to watch that. He's on the injury report right now on Wake Up Call. DT.com under the Fantasy Football tab brought to you by 315 Chiropractic. He is on the injury report, and he currently has an uphill battle. Somebody who is not on my injury report is Brandon Marshall because he has been, I mean, he practiced on Monday, I believe, so he should be in okay shape. I haven't seen anything since Monday. And then, I mean, the running backs, I don't trust any of them for more than 40 yards, so I'm not going to tell you to play a Giants running back because I really, they have talent. They have talent. Friggin' Wayne Gallman from Clemson is their fourth string option. They have talent. It's just, is that talent Shane Vereen, three carries, 10 yards, and a touchdown? And Paul Perkins, three, you know, 14 carries, 30 yards, and no touchdowns. That's what they look like. So if I had to pick anybody right now for the Giants, if you if you can play two quarterbacks, put Eli Manning out there. If he's your best option, he's not a bad option. Might throw a couple picks, but not a bad option for you to have out there. And, you know, as far as wide receivers go, Sterling Shepard, because I don't know what Brandon Marshall's going to be, and Odell Beckham Jr. is probably, 
as of right now, not playing in the game. So there's not a lot of Giants I lean on. As far as the Cowboys, I did pick up Cole Beasley. You know why? Because Dak Prescott likes Cole Beasley, and he likes to throw the ball to Cole Beasley. So you could say whatever you want to say about Terrence Williams and Des Bryant. Cole Beasley is an option for Dak Prescott. So if you need a flex player, throw him in there. Jason Winton, I don't believe in him like I used to, but some of you bought into him and chose him as your only tight end, so you have no choice. He's not a bad choice, but he's not, to me, the choice that he used to be. And that could change. That could change because he was getting looks from Dak Prescott. Des Bryant is obviously somebody you want to play in this game. You want to play Dak. You want to play Ezekiel Elliott. And I would look at Cole Beasley. That is Sunday Night Football. And the final two games that Mike and I are going to discuss to get you ready for Fantasy Week 1, brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, which is our hub for the Wake Up Call VIPs in Central and Upstate New York. New Orleans and Minnesota in Minnesota, in Minneapolis. This is Monday, September 11th, one of two of the doubleheader of Monday Night Football. What do you have for this one, Mike? Well, I like Drew Brees a lot this year. I don't necessarily like him in this game. Now, if you have Drew Brees, he's obviously your number one quarterback. You're obviously lucky to get him. you got to play him. I'm not saying don't play Drew Brees. What I'm saying is he usually doesn't fare well on the road, and Minnesota has a solid defense. He's got some guys that can run the ball, and all are healthy right now, supposedly Mark Ingram, Adrian Peterson. And look out for an Alvin Kamara. If one of these guys, Mark Ingram or Adrian Peterson, go by, Alvin Kamara is going to have the ability to explode on the scene. I doubt he's available in your league, but if he is, by all means, snatch him up. Michael Thomas is the guy that they supplanted uh, with uh, from Brandon Cooks. This is a guy who's going to lead the team in receptions this year. Willie Sneed may be available in your league as well. He's not available now. He's under a three-week suspension, but this may be a guy that's gone overlooked because of that, and I think he's going to have the better year overall over Michael Thomas. And don't forget, Ted Ginn Jr. is there as well. And if you're in a, team, if you're in a league that rewards you for uh, return yards, uh, return touchdowns as well, this is a guy who's going to be on the field a lot as a receiver, but also as a return man, so you can get paid twice. Kobe Fleener, this is a do-or-die year for Kobe Fleener. He either does it or... There's going to be no more Kobe Fleener in New Orleans, I think. He's had tremendous opportunities, got tremendous talent. So if you took a flyer on uh, Kobe Fleener late, you know, and you're looking to replace him and you're having trouble, Josh Hill, his replacement, and I do mean replacement, he may be the guy come the end of the year if Kobe Fleener doesn't get it done. On the other side of the ball, Eddie Bridgewater is far away from coming back. Sam Bradford did an okay job last year putting him in a position to win. Well, what did Minnesota do? They put themselves in a better ground attack situation. They ran out and got Latavius Murray, but wait! They drafted Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is the man. This is the guy who has Adrian Peterson written all over him. He reminds me more of a work done, but you know, you probably jumped up in your draft to get him. I don't have to tell you that. He's definitely a player that you want. He's one of the top running backs this week. And they're going to be throwing the ball. Sam Bradford is the Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. Watch out for Laquan Treadwell later on in the year to, to finally get Notice on the field. And Kyle, Kyle Randolph, Kyle, Kyle Rudolph, I'm sorry, Randolph. Why am I saying Randolph? Kyle Rudolph, this is a guy who, you know, I can go back to his days at Notre Dame. This is an NFL tight end that has the ability to be elite. He's solid right now. And I think Sam Bradford realizes that. And they're going to get some points. I look for Minnesota to win this game. I look for it to be a good fantasy points game. But at the same time, 
same time, temper your expectations on some of these guys. It's a long season. But my big play of the game is Dalvin Cook. Watch out for Dalvin Cook to run all over and do a Kareem Hunt on this New Orleans defense. I just want you to purify yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. Delvin Cook is the one that I'm definitely putting out there. I went out and got him at different points in different drafts. I wouldn't go crazy high, but fourth round, I felt good about that. Fourth or fifth round to go and get somebody like a Delvin Cook. I would play him in this game. I would also play Adam Thielen, and I would consider Stephon Diggs if you have to go deep. If, like Again, if you have three or four, he's a wide receiver three to me. Adam Thielen, I would play over him because Adam Thielen seems to be the guy, and it was mentioned earlier on in the preseason, that uh, in week three of the preseason, that Adam Thielen is the guy for Sam Bradford. So I just picked him up late in a draft and in the league that Mike and I have in Florida, which is Wake Up Call Orlando, and Adam Thielen is somebody that I picked up. So Sam Bradford, not a bad option if you have to play two quarterbacks, but I like Adam Thielen in this game. I like Delvin Cook in this game, and... Outside of that, I go over to New Orleans. And with the New Orleans Saints, I have a little bit of a different feel. Some some the same, some different from Mike. Uh, I like Drew Brees. Uh, Mark Ingram and Adrian Peterson. I want to see how this dynamic goes. If you got Ingram or Peterson, you're going to play them. If you got them both, good for you. I would definitely play Ingram. I know some of you are going to take a shot on Peterson. Ted Ginn Jr. is the definition of a flex player, and he is timeless. And Michael Thomas, I disagree about the Willie Sneed thing. I would put Michael Thomas out there well before Willie Sneed. I just don't believe in the guy. I mean, he's got a year to prove himself, but he hasn't proven himself to me yet, which has left him where he is right now on my roster, which is not on it. So I had and, El- and Elvin Kamara. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the return game with Elvin and with Elvin Kamara in this game to see how much he's utilized. Is he that third string running back that becomes your first option in punt and kick return? That'll be interesting to see, but Breeze, Ted Ginn Jr., Michael Thomas, and Mark Ingram, I feel good about. Adrian Peterson, not a bad option to throw out there as well. Final game that we have to talk about for week one, Los Angeles Chargers at the Denver Broncos. What do you got for this one? Well, this is an interesting game at quarterback for both teams. Trevor Simeon, uh, the Olympia High School product out of Orlando here, Northwestern product, muscled his way through that quarterback position again Paxton Lynch just not taking hold and I think they're getting ready to make a move at quarterback next year if Trevor Simeon doesn't wow them on the field CJ Anderson finally going to be healthy or so they say they brought Jamal Charlson I don't believe in Jamal Charles knee I have to see it before I believe it Devontae Booker you know this is a guy who's very athletically skilled it's just I worry about his ability to convert the playbook to the field and Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, premium receivers in the league. However, I'm just I, I'm not sold on them yet because of the quarterback woes there. Nothing really to report at tight end by Denver, although A.J. Derby's been a project guy for quite a while, and this is a guy who, if he's able to show something, this may be a sneaky play later on in the year for you. So just keep that mind, keep that name ready, A.J. Derby. Don't make a move on him yet, though. On the other side of the ball, Phillip Rivers extremely serviceable this is a guy who can have big weeks for you and he does have some weapons on the offense for him he does have melvin gordon he does have you know keenan allen to throw the ball to tyrell williams and and mike williams he's supposed to be back soon here i don't think he's going to be making an appearance anytime soon but we talked about him in the past in hunter henry 
once after Antonio Gates gets that record-breaking touchdown. So this is a guy who could go from mediocre tight end to star tight end and getting all the looks and all the targets of tight end for the Chargers. So if he is available, I doubt he is, by all means, pick up Hunter Henry. And uh, there are some Chargers I like this week. I think the Chargers are going to win the game. I think the Chargers are going to win the fantasy points game this week. And I look for Denver to struggle. Yeah, you know, in this in this game, when you look at the matchup with the Los Angeles Chargers at the Denver Broncos, it, because it says Los Angeles in front of it, people are forgetting this is a di- this is a divisional matchup in the AFC West. This is this is actually it's still them, still the Chargers. No San Diego in front of it. Melvin Gordon, I, I like him out there. Philip Rivers as well. Tyrell Williams. So many people let him fall in the draft. I don't get it. He's the number one wide receiver in my opinion. Keenan Allen does not stay healthy, and he's not consistent. Tyrell Williams had a pretty damn good season for coming in to the NFL as a young buck. So I like Phillip Rivers, Melvin Gordon, and Tyrell Williams. And I, of course, am playing Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry is another guy that somehow flew below the radar. And I'm not going to complain about it because it allowed me to get him in multiple leagues. So the Chargers look good to me in fantasy for this one on the road. Demarius Thomas right now is uh, questionable. He did practice Wednesday, but he has a groin injury, and those are the ones that nag you for a long time. So watch out for Demarius Thomas in this one. Should play, but who's going to throw him the ball? You know, Trevor Simeon, you got Brock Osweiler, who's back on the team as a third stringer. Paxton Lynch is out of the game. C.J. Anderson, if you got to go deep, I'm not sold on any running back out of Denver right now. Emmanuel Sanders and De- and Demarius Thomas are not bad plays if you got to go three or got to go three deep, two deep with your wide receivers. But outside of that, I really don't see. Unfortunately, on a on a offense that should be high powered, I just I don't see it right now. So I would lean more on the Chargers in fantasy football, even though Denver's playing at home. With that being said, this has been Fantasy Football Friday, your Week One advice and our talk on. Kansas City and New England to give you advice moving forward with those teams. We've covered them all. We've told you everything that we possibly could. You can listen back to this show on wakeupcalldt.podbean.com backslash mobile. Download it for free. And, of course, you can go to wakeupcalldt.com and right under the live feed of MixLR, it says download for free RSS feed, iTunes, and Podbean. You can get this show there by any of those three and all of those three as well as always mike it's always a pleasure speaking with you good luck to you in fantasy this week and i will talk with you very soon sounds great thanks again dan all right take care that coming from mike Sofka, and this has been fantasy football friday inside of wake up call with dan tortora proudly presented by the wildcat sports pub if you're up in central and upstate new york whether you're visiting or you live here there's only one place to go for you to hang out When it comes to watching the games in Central and Upstate New York, when you're in the Camillus area, the Syracuse area, you go to the Wildcat Sports Pub. That's what you do. When it comes to Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, whenever football is on and outside of the football season, the Wildcat Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus in the Home Depot Plaza, right off of Hinsdale Road. Make sure you go out to the Wildcat Sports Pub, the home of of fantasy football in Central and Upstate New York, courtesy of Wake Up Call with Dan Tatora and the Wildcat Sports Pub. Four leagues call home to the Wildcat, and if you're in the Wake Up Call Fantasy Challenge, you have a special VIP badge to go into the Wildcat from now all the way through Super Bowl Sunday, which is about six months, and get discounted food every single time you go in. Nobody else has it. 
Just you, if you're in the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge. So shout out to those of you. When I rang the bell that came a-calling, I appreciate it very much so. And thank you to the Wildcat Sports Pub, where I will be hanging out, inevitably, watching games. So thank you so much for your support, and I appreciate it, and God bless.